Welcome to the Hillbilly and the Hipster. This is episode three. My name is Chad McCool. I am the hipster in the aforementioned title. And with me, as always, in studio is my brother from another mother, Andy Crow. Hey, what's going on? I am the hillbilly of this uh, this great, grand, and wonderful podcast. So, uh, matter of fact, right before we came on, I was telling telling my buddy Chad about how my wife makes fun of the way I talk sometimes. Um, Chad, what is that thing where they they grab your arm and they just squeeze a little bit? What do you, what do you say? I think that's a pinch. Yep, uh, that is not how I say it. I say pinched. Stop pinching me, uh, and that just irritates the fire out of my wife. Uh, and I'm here for it. Let's be honest. Just I'm about it. So um, I don't know how I got on that, but we're here. We are. Well, you know, I still think that if we weighed this, I I might be. You may be geographically and biologically hillbilly, but I might be more hillbilly than you, and you might be more hipster than me now. There's a decent chance. <laughs> yeah. It's a decent chance, but uh, I went back up to Terre Haute on uh, Monday. First day of school, I had to go get some paperwork from up there. I, I hit up a couple of buddies of mine, you know, Dave and Jason, uh, just to see if they wanted to do lunch while I was there. And I walk in, and I've got a, uh, a blue plaid shirt and a red International Harvester hat on. Not, not thinking anything about it. And the first thing out of Dave's mouth was, man, you are really really trying to live that Kentucky lifestyle, aren't you? So Dave doesn't know I have the same hat and got it first. He, he does now. I told him. <laughs> I said, no, Chad got them from Nam. It's uh, it's pretty cool. And then we went about eating Thai food. So. Nice. So how's your week been going? I know last night was you had some fun and the Mets won, but I do believe the last two nights the Braves have – I've handled the Mets quite well, so, you know, everything going okay in your world? They did. I mean, it's a little so – I've been busy this week, so I haven't been able to watch any of the Mets-Braves games, except for that, that first one. I watched up to the rain delay, and then I had some other stuff to do. Um, last night – rain delay in each one. That's, it's been crazy. Yeah, last night I, I have a, a small college-age ministry here at the church I serve, and we went axe-throwing. And if – I guess this is where my hipsterness will shine because it seems that that's the hipster thing to do now. Even though you know, I used to be part of a a church planning network where apparently we all dressed like lumberjacks. When you went to a local Axe Twenty Nine meeting, we were all in flannel shirts and boots and beards. So it was like we were just trying. It was like cosplay for cosplay for pastors. Is let's reform pastors was let's look like lumberjacks. So um, last night I got to live out the lumberjack life, doing some axe throwing. It was a, it's a really good time. If you can, uh, what is it to uh, quote first Bueller, and I'm sure I'm going to mess it up, but if you can afford the means, you should go axe throwing. It's not cheap, <laughs> but it was a load of fun. Yeah, uh, I want to do that uh, because I was jealous and I had to throw th- something that was uh, heavy and could stick if you hit it just right. Um, I picked my five-year-old up and threw him across the room. But he likes that. He does. Yeah, no. Um, he did not stick on the wall. He hit the wall <laughs> for more. But whatever. Whatever. It was fun. I tell you, though, um, after being out of school, you know, and this is this is my youngest first year of school school, right? He's done preschool. Um, but he talked this big game 
at the beginning of school. Like, oh, it's not, it's not time. I'm not tired. It's fine. We're good. Uh, and then at seven o'clock on night three of the school week last night, I'm like, hey, Mason, mom's on the phone. Why don't you come sit and watch this game with me? Because he's in this phase where anything that I like and root for, he roots against. Yes, um, I, I can make him a Mets day, fan. No, he's a Phillies fan. You can thank his preschool teacher for that. Um, I, I, we're praying for his salvation. I know he's only five and salvation will come, but just pray for my family. But anyway, I'm like, hey, come watch, come watch this beat up on the Mets so we can make fun of Mr. Chad. And then he didn't move. And I was like, dude, what are you doing? It's seven. Come on. And then I look over and he's snoring. Like, he's out. I saw that. He looked like he had, had been out for a while. So I was like, don't wake, don't wake me up at 430 when you're up for the day. So. Anyway. So how's your week been? Yeah, it's it's been long. I mean, the kids are in school. My wife is at work. I haven't started work yet. I don't start to September 1st. So I've been been rocking this uh this house husband role uh it is not for me um i am not detail oriented so my wife leaves me a honey do list of clean this do this have that ready plus we're getting ready to close on a house so i'm trying to get everything together for that and it it's uh i'm ready to start work i don't, I don't know any other way to put it so no more you know sitting around the house eating bonbons Watching soap operas. No, because I can't watch the soap operas until my wife comes home. We watch those together. <laughs> uh, you know, this morning was nice. I, uh, I've been watching Swamp People, uh, you know, alligator hunting. Uh, that's like one of my guilty pleasures. I really want to get into that. So uh, maybe I'll put that on my agenda. So that's your, that's your, what you, it's been keeping you happy this week, watching Swamp People? Yeah, watching Swamp People and, uh, you know. <laughs> I, I'm not I'm not judging because I, there's a couple of mornings before I get ready when I'm drinking coffee that I watch Swamp People. So. It's a good show, man. And then uh, I'm telling you, uh, Troy looks like my uh, my dad's dad or my, my stepfather's dad. He, uh, I'm not convinced that Troy and, and Larry aren't long lost. They're people. not the same. <laughs> the have they ever been in a room together right that's the old that's the old adage oh right? yeah have you ever seen them in a room together no so maybe they so what's on the agenda for today well i thought maybe we could talk about agendas well you see that radio professionalism look at that segue i said no right we we nailed that one it's like we almost talked to each other before we do this <laughs> <laughs> so we all have agendas, right? We all have things that we're going to, I mean, I, I subbed a lot in middle school last year um, and we gave the sixth graders what the, I would call it a planner. They call it an agenda uh, for them to, to keep, you know, their, their stuff in order. Um, you know, I have an agenda on my phone for the day of what I'm going to do on my calendar. I, I'm sure that you have uh, agendas and, and I think that's a good thing, right? It, it keeps us focused. Sure, absolutely. But Keeps my you on track. problem is, is when my agenda is being pushed on. Like I'm going to shove that in your face, whether you like it or not. And and, and really, I'm 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 coming down both sides of the aisle here. Mm-hmm. Okay, I well, shouldn't be shoving my agenda down your throat. Welcome to 2022. <laughs> and um, and so I. I'm going to say some things, and, and I have opinions for days, don't get me wrong, 
Um, and, and I know like the, the faux pas of with all due respect and no offense and all that, you know, you're really about to say something jerkful if you say that, but I'm not going to try to, but I just want to talk about media and their agenda. Okay. So with some of the things I say, no offense, uh, if you are listening to this, know that you are loved. <clears throat> Right, uh, I love you. Chad loves you. Uh, more importantly than that, God loves you. Amen. Um, and so I, he loves you too, Andy. He does. But so I got real amped up. One of my favorite movies of all time is *A League of Their Own*. Uh, it was filmed in Pennsville, partially. Um, you know, I, I I know a guy that was an extra in that movie. I have watched that movie countless times uh and then i heard they were making a a, a series out of it oh i was excited i was like ashley hey and for those of you that don't know ashley it's like ashley hey there's a league of their own is coming as as a tv series i gotta watch it and my wife she's not a baseball nut like i like i would watch i just i watched the little league world series man if there's a a baseball one i'm probably gonna watch i love baseball uh, and Chad knows I called him after I watched the first episode, and I was like, "Man, like they've ruined the." Well, this is where I, I think I've, I've become the angry old man, maybe because you had told me about it, and then I saw ads for it, like on my Roku or something, and I just don't care because my answer, my question is, why you made the movie? Why are we remaking? And I really don't care about anything new anymore. So like, yeah, why would you I, remake? Well, we're this? remaking everything, and so that's what I thought. Like, it's just they're remaking it, um, but it'll be the same premise. And I have a really good friend. I'm not gonna mention her name, um, but she is a sports nut like I am. And I, you know, I didn't watch the whole first episode at once because I had some things going on. And I saw her her tweet or her post something on social media, and she, and I didn't realize what she was talking about at first. And she said, surely it couldn't just be about camaraderie and breaking down a wall and baseball. It had to be something else. And I was like, what are, what are we talking about? And so I finished the first episode and then I went on to the and it just got progressively more and more and more and less about baseball and less about women playing baseball and less about their camaraderie and more about their sex lives and more about their uh, relationships. And as I was telling my wife this, she looked at me and she was like, well, would it have bothered you if it was a man and a woman? And my response is yes, because it's about baseball. Well, it's the premise too. Cause I think if you go back to, so league of their own, right there, there was definitely a, if you go back to that time frame, there's definitely a, a, a timeline, you know, eighties, to early 90s of like quintessential baseball movies, right? Sandlot. These are movies everybody uh Bull Durham. And I think about Bull Durham, right? That's a it's well, a it's a Bull good Durham baseball movie, but it's about sex. Well. But it's, oh, yeah. it's mainly about it's not really about baseball, right? It's not a baseball movie. It's about sex more than anything if I remember now. It's been a long time since I saw Bill, Bull Durham. And in all honesty, I'll be completely transparent, and I know this is going to blow your mind. While I, I'm quite aware of A League of Their Own, and I may I I may have seen it, 
I know everybody's in it. I've never watched a league of their own from Bro. opening credits to the end. Bro. I probably have seen it stitched together in pieces. I know Gina Davis, Madonna, Tom Hanks. There's no crying in baseball, but I've never, I don't think I've ever officially I need seen you to watch that. That's your <laughs> I need you to watch that. I've Go also move. never seen field of dreams. How are we friends? <laughs> I can't watch that movie without crying. No, I, I've seen enough pieces of it where, yeah, I'll tear up at parts, but I've never seen it from end to end. But I've seen that Tom Hanks, not Tom Hanks, Tom Selleck baseball movie where he like played in Japan. I've seen that like a dozen times. Something like that. I don't remember. I don't even know the name of it, but I've seen that a million times. Oh, Mr. 3000. That's with Bernie. Uh, Bernie. Yeah. But I know what movie you're talking about. I've seen I've seen both of those. But that's now that you've ruined my day and have just broken my heart. <laughs> let's go back. Yes, let's hit the agenda. <laughs> Get back on the agenda. Like it couldn't just be about baseball, right? It couldn't just be about making friendships, breaking that that barrier, right? You look at the the possibilities that they had, and if you look at the movie. There were uh, some radical thoughts, right, within that movie because of how uh, it was pretty true to what happened. In the original movie, together to, to they, the movie, yeah, you're talking about, yeah, yeah, they got together and they were they were trying to pick up where the men had left off because uh, they're at war and so they're they're going into factories and working. They're they're working at work they're working at home and they're playing baseball and they're doing this and they're doing that and that's what the movie is about the camaraderie and and all of that and then baseball but then you you come to this and within the first couple episodes one of the main characters uh isn't allowed to play because she is black and i was like okay so this is where we're gonna go that was a very true to that time frame absolutely like, so they're gonna they're gonna steer and they're gonna touch on this topic great with it right that's something that should be addressed because of that you know we know that that isn't the way the thing should have been uh, right it's very hurtful for a lot of people and not just the baseball right black women wouldn't have you know most a they lot of all my factories they wouldn't right. i mean they were literally third class citizens now my and grandmother my grandmother and all my a good majority of my great aunts, they were all these women. They worked in factories. My one of my great aunts was in the you know, she was in the Women's Air Corps. And, you know, they were you know, they all had they all had what would have been considered masculine or manly jobs for that time frame. They all worked in factories and had and were laborers. Yeah. So but they took it a step further. And within the first two episodes, this this woman is now having an affair with another woman behind everybody's back, but it's the pastor's wife. Mm. Do you think that's intentional? Oh, we talked about that. Good, yeah. good segue. And I, I think it is. Like, and so, and then you you look at, and and it's not just this movie, right? Like the media's agenda is to to push this this LGBTQ lifestyle at everybody. And I know I sound like the angry old man, get off my lawn. That's not what I'm coming at because 
I typically don't like normal relationships in movies and stuff. Like, if they're in the background, whatever. But I don't, like, don't put it out in the open. Right? And there's uh, just... Well, maybe, I think it's something, like, you can have, you can show characters. It's it's different than showing characters, like, you know, if they made this and, and maybe there were gay characters in this series or in the show, but it's, it's, it, it's not even just so much the character anymore. It's the forefront that everything, right. and, and it's and both sides of the aisle. This is why you're better with words than I am. Yeah. It's both sides of the aisle. I couldn't, I couldn't get, but it's become more and more prevalent, right? That the media has this agenda that if, if, if you're not this, if you're not okay with this and you're not pushing this in your lifestyle, then you're the problem, right? They have, like you look at Disney, for example, right? Like I am staunchly against teaching sex ed and relationships and all that to little kids. Right. Like, and maybe I've said that wrong, but like, I don't My my eight year old is like, Hey dad, I want to get a girlfriend. I'm like, bro, you're, no, you're too young. Like, you well, it's one thing if they were teaching the the science part of it per se, but I still think there's a a too young of an age for that. But to teach mechanics, yes, to five and six years old, the five and six year olds the way, you know, I, I've not been involved with that directly, but I've heard from other folks that that's the curriculum in, in their kids' schools, and they teach mechanics to to kids that are just out of toddlerhood. Doesn't seem seem strange to me. Well, and it, they're not they're not thinking about that stuff. And so, but if you start looking at at Disney, you know they've come out and said like we're going to put it in anything that we get the chance to put it into. Why? Why can't kids movies just be for kids? Why are we why are we romanticizing things and why are we pushing that this is okay and this isn't and. W- what happened to just fun-loving movies? Why does everything have to be, um, and let's use the word that, you know, everybody likes to throw around, why does it have to be political? Right. And, and, and again, on both sides of the aisle, you, you definitely see it even from the far right pushing this, I, I don't even know, you know, the, the complete anti-agenda, like, you know, everything's anti, everything's, yeah, there's good and bad on both sides, but it is this sort of uh, my ways better. And I I think we've talked about this, you and I, and I'm probably scrambling for words now, but I think there's something in our society now, and I I don't know what it is, if it's, I mean, it's easy to blame it on social media. and, And I think that it does play a role, but that we cannot so I never seen a league of it our own or feel the dreams. And the way the world is, you should just have ended this call and cut me off and said, that's it. You're dead to me. I started, I thought about it, <laughs> but we can't agree to disagree on right. anything, right? We can't oh, have no, our own ideas and we can't be pro-choice or pro-life and live the fight another day. Right. Or we can't be straight and, you know, and then LGBTQ and live to fight another day. It's like you're you're either all in on my side 
or you're out and you're dead to me. And families, and I think, you know, it's easy to blame it on these things, right? COVID, I think, helped a little bit in this because we were isolated from human contact. And so we then relied heavily on social media and these types of indirect devices to communicate. And, you know, the world seemed to just been on fire, both politically, like it's just a, a giant tire fire. Literally, and, I mean, look at Australia. That sucker burnt for a while. Yeah, and we are, we're just, I don't, we just can't get along. And I will say, I've been very blessed with some people in my life who are not on the same side of the aisle as I am on. Um, sure. I like to think that I'm a little closer to center uh, than some people probably think I am. Uh, but I have a, a, a phenomenal friend, and she is, I mean, if the, the left aisle ends at the wall, uh, she's broke through the wall and is continuing to go. Well, you still owe her a steak dinner from election night decent chance anyway no I, I still contend i don't but anyway but like she she is as far and and we have great conversations right she'll come over and we'll be sitting you know ashley will go to bed and she'll be here for the weekend and me and her will be talking uh and, and i'll just be like this you know and, and we'll probably have the league of their own talk and i'm sure she'll tell me i'm wrong but whatever but it's like, you know, we have these talks that I feel like that if I went up to a complete stranger who is as far left as she is, and I, yeah, I said, hey, this is my view, we're not having that conversation. And so I, I, I probably come out a little guns a-blazing, especially on that. But, well, and I think you look at who the producers are of this content, too. I, I do think that the agenda shines through and, and even in in news right I, I think i go back to i'm old enough to have seen walter cronkite when he was delivering the news on tv i mean it's towards the end this he was still on the air in the 70s don't give me that look <laughs> i wasn't but, around in the 70s man so i don't know but we you know and you knew where his political stances were as a person but I, I think I'd argue that you didn't necessarily see that come through on the telecast as he delivered the news. And so I don't know what it's like where you live. And, and we both we both lived in West Central Indiana for a while. And now you, you live in Kentucky and I live in Colorado. But, you know, I live in a pretty big metropolitan area where crime, the the I mean, the, the truth is, right, these these sort of uh, crime reform and jail reform bills and laws that have come into effect have created a crime wave because so many things that used to be felonies are now misdemeanors, like car theft in Colorado is now based on how old your car is. So if you have a junker and your car stolen, which, you know, it, there's a socioeconomic part to that, right? If you're poor, your vehicle means everything. It's going to get you to work and everything else. Oh, but if, if I steal your car and it's old, and not worth as much i'm out it's a misdemeanor i'm just i'm i might not even get i might just get a ticket right oh, now yeah. if you have a tesla or you know a porsche or something like that i'm going to jail and it's a felony and and so they keep talking about how murders have gone up a lot here and in in the one city um half the murders or more were were caused by people who are out 
on other crimes. We're out on bail on other crimes at the same time. But at the same time, now the news media here, they don't use the term murder or homicide anymore. So, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a kid in the 80s. I grew up outside of New York City when New York City was crime was rampant and murder was one of the it probably never was the murder capital, but it was ranking up there with some of the other cities that when crime was rampant in the 80s. I mean, murders were murders. That's how they reported on the news. Now it's like there was a shooting and someone died. Yeah. You know, if they show it to you at all, because, I mean, local news here is generally a lot of stories that don't pertain to this area. If they're like they're national. I may see stories from Evansville or Owensboro. Then I would sure see from a story here. And, and there, it's a lot of there's not a whole lot of reporting. And 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 they, I think there's an agenda tied to that, you know, that. And you see it depending on the networks you watch and, you know, and, and it, granted, it's more than just, you know, well, Fox News was for conservatives and I'm not even talking about left or right like political ideologies but i think there's an agenda to keep us in the dark you know this city that i live in has had a gang problem for a really long time and everybody who lives here knows it except the government and the news media well they know it they just they don't report on it so these questions so when things happen they're like we don't understand why this would happen well there's a gang war on one side of the city driven a lot by gentrification it's a slippery slope of gentrification and and legalization of drugs that you took a revenue stream away you know i mean these are the things they don't they don't think about and now you've taken the neighborhoods have all been pushed out and everybody's everything's overpriced so i i think that these agendas have a huge socioeconomic social kind of you know i i, I might be meandering now or, or wandering, but I think even the, the League of Their Own, that show, it, you know, it pushes an agenda that that somebody has to, you know, I, I don't know, maybe it comes down to Kurt Cobain said in Nirvana's all apologies that everyone is gay. And I think that's what they want us to believe now is that everyone is gay, that you and I are gay. We just don't know it yet or are too scared to admit it. If any of that makes sense, I feel like I'm. No, it, it very much. Does. So now let's let's look at the premise of our, our of our podcast, right? Like we have said, we want to we want to see where culture and and Christianity intersect, right? So, and this is where I'm going to step on my own toes because I again I, I hate pushing a personal agenda, my personal agenda, on anybody else. Right. I, you know, I love talking gospel. I love talking, you know, beliefs and, and to an extent politics, but I never want to throw it at you to where I'm going to offend you, um, unintentionally offend you or, um, make you think that I am, uh, a, a, a turd for lack of better words. So if we, we look at, at our premise where culture and Christianity meet, how do we deal with this agenda that is really pushing against us? Well, this is where, I guess this is the slipper. This is where it gets tricky, right? And, and before, before you go, like to, to add on to that question, knowing that the people that identify LGBTQ were called to love them. Absolutely. Um, 
you know, we're supposed to share the gospel with them. I look at my, I have family members who are a part of that community. I, I tend to not treat them any different than I did before they identified in that way. Sure. Right. And I'm still just as close to her. Um, she obviously knows my stance uh, and that hasn't affected our relationship, but there are also people out there that I don't know as well. So, I, and, you know, we're called to love them and, and, and share with them and, and live life with them. So with that agenda coming at us and with this other aspect in mind, what do we do? How do we handle that? What do we, you know? So I, I think there's, there's, I think the only true answer and there's options and, and I'll admit that I, you know, in my time in ministry, I've, I've practiced the third way where I, I would talk about maintaining biblical orthodoxy, but was soft on language or refused to talk about certain things or, or danced around certain issues. And I think that it is a balance of digging your heels in for the gospel and, and always preaching the truth, but loving them and not using it in a judging way or pushing your the gospel by itself, right. Is, is offensive. I mean, it makes us when it, when it sticks, when we hear it, it makes us look at ourselves as sinners. And none of us really wants to look at us as that because sinners are, you know, rapists and murderers and child pornographers, right? That's not us. You know, I, I'm, you know, I'm keeping the change from the grocery store when they gave me, you know, change for a 20 when I paid with a 10, like that, I'm not as bad as those guys, but I think it's really showing them with love and, and showing the heart of Christ and, and letting them know that you're there for them. And just because they may be, there's no difference between somebody who's, entrenched in sin no matter what that sin is right you treat them the same way you would treat the fornicators and and people that are entrenched in pornography and blasphemers and liars and murderers right i mean it's they're all we're all sinners and it's really just i think the biggest thing right is listening and and getting to know their stories and why they they why anyone is who they are you know whether it's under that the the banner of the the of lgbtq or you know the yeah i mean they're communists i'm not saying that communism's necessarily if you're a communist it's a sin but i think you know or what, whatever their ideologies are right you say it's, that it, around it here it, it, it is <laughs> <laughs> but whatever their ideologies are i think you uh um you love them and and you just and you listen to them and, and and loving them isn't always ramrodding what you think is right and, and or the truth right beating them over the head with the gospel but sometimes i do believe that sharing the gospel with somebody is sitting down with them and just listening to them and being like james said right to be slow to speak and quick to listen and and be able to, uh, I think apologetics. I, I do believe, like I've I've gotten to a point where we, uh, you know, I was having a conversation with somebody who's like, well, I'm I'm a street preacher, and I go out, and I was like, well, now I'm not saying that there's nothing, there's anything wrong with street preachers, 
but I've yet to see one who seems to be theologically sound when I've witnessed street preachers on the corners. Not to say that there aren't, but I've not seen it with my own eyes yet. Absolutely. And and I think theology matters. And so we have to be prepared to, you know, I, I've read a lot this week about Proverbs 31 being about lesbianism. And we know the old adage about Jonathan and David that, you know, they were romantic, that, you know, that those passages about their, you know, David's love for Jonathan and Jonathan's love for David was uh, physical and, and scripture never tells us that at all. And, and so it's, and that's really become detrimental even to the point that, you know, that two men, like, like, I love you. Like you're one of the closest, like one of my closest friends. Like I would, no, I there's a handful of people, like I would take a bullet for you. And I mean that wholeheartedly and, oh, and every member of your family, but like, I, I don't want to kiss you. See now, now next time we get together, I'm I'm flopping one on your on your forehead. It's all right, I'll let you. <laughs> and not no, in a gay I, way. So I think, and this, looking at what you just said, I I heard a, a gentleman speak the other day on a podcast. I would love to cite my source, but I'm gonna be real honest with you. I don't remember what podcast. I don't even remember the guy that said it. But. You know, people looking at scripture through the lens that you were putting it through. We have to be real careful that scripture is what it is, right? It's not 66 different books. It's not a bunch of different stories. That it is one continuous story pointing to one man on one cross in one grave resurrecting for all of us assuming that we're going to do it to accept that gift right amen um and i think today culturally because we all have different agendas and we want this agenda to fit in this box uh, and we want to kind of bend this this thing that we call the gospel so it fits into this box with this agenda as well as this box with this agenda it's like the joke um you know we're all going to heaven except the mormons Right, we want it all to we want it all to fit together. But the problem with that is we are reading scripture through cultural eyes and we're trying to get scripture to read culturally today. And right. so in today's culture, the LGBTQ lifestyle, at least within America, is totally accepted. And so if it's totally accepted, that means it's God ordained. And so let's bend this scripture to make that fit in this box. Absolutely. And, 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 and even if we don't want the LGBTQ, let's look at divorce. Let's look at everything, right? right you could look divorce. at anything under that lens. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it, culturally, it is way too easy to get married and it is way too easy to get divorced. Mm -hmm. Right. I wake up one morning and my wife doesn't cook me the breakfast I think she should. And I'm like, you know what? This just isn't working for me anymore. I got to go. And every state's made it that way. Right. The, oh, those yeah. are the irreconcilable differences. Um, I don't. We're just not meshing anymore. We're not going to work on it. We're not going to fight for this God ordained institution. Uh, and, you know, the Bible says sometimes it's OK for divorce. So right. I, we're going to get divorced. My time's okay. Yeah, it's okay for me. Because we've we've bent that 
but it's never our fault either. Like, uh, I, I preached a sermon, uh, well, my last sermon in, in Terre Haute. Um, we're a very justice-driven society, right? I want justice for this. You know, I want justice for that. But we need to be really careful. Justice. Look, biblically, justice is what we deserve, you know, getting what we deserve. Right. I don't want justice for me. No. No, I want mercy. Justice is getting what we deserve. Mercy is God showing for us and giving our punishment to someone else so we can be with him. And so... Yeah, like these people that are bending scripture, and don't get me wrong, I've done that in the past. I'm sure you have. Sure. I, I think really we all have. But we're we're very slow to love and we're very slow with mercy. Well, we are because let me throw this at you. We are because we think God is. We think God is quick to wrath and and, and God's wrath is real. And God's wrath is now as much as it will be on the day of judgment, right? Because, but we think God is quick to wrath, right? I'll go back to, you know, he's the, he's up in the sky, chucking lightning bolts down from the clouds, right? And he's slow to love. And it, it it's, it's a complete 180. God is quick to love and mercy and he's slow to wrath, but we've, so we, we have this sort of vision of God as this, this, Angry old man, God, right? He's your angry grandfather who King he, Triton, who gives you a sucker every once in a while when you've been a good boy and pats you on the head. And he's not—he's not like chucking, yeah, chucking spears and 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 uh and lightning bolts down or tridents, right? Triton would be a trident. He's not—he's not trying to do that and then giving you an attaboy when you're good. I mean, it's it's ultimate love, and at the same time, it makes me think about. Topical preaching is very popular and expository preaching and certain camps expository is still popular, but topical preaching. And I think a lot of guys that I've known who have been predominantly topical preachers have the topic and bend scripture to fit the topic because the topic is what they found. This is good. And I want to give you three steps this week, how you'll be better. And, And sometimes those topical preachers, I used to play a lot of golf. And I used to get like Golf Digest magazine and one month <clears throat> Golf Digest would come with a cover story like here's how you can fix your slice and fix your swing. Two months later, you get the issue that totally contradicted what they told you two months ago, because now this is how you fix your swing. And and I think topical preaching ends up like that because you're 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 now you're a self-help guru. It's, a, it's your agenda. Amen. It's what you want to touch on and what you want to ramrod people with that week or that month. Instead of whatever scripture, whatever series you're on, whatever, whatever through your time in the word, your time with God, that these are the these are the verses, books that he's pointed you to, that the spirit's driven you to. And then you find the topic or as an example, because the scripture drove you to that, not you taking a square peg in a round hole. 
you know, my last youth group, we didn't do topical series. Like yeah. a lot of a lot of youth ministers, like, oh, we're going to do a four week series on fasting, and then we'll do a a four week series on this, and then you know, a relationship series. Andy, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, we're doing a series through Acts. Yeah. Well, how long is it? As long as it takes. So real talk, when my, my when I first got to Agape, I was praying, you know, what are we going to study? And I did one one-off uh, the very first week just so I could, you know, gauge responsiveness and, and things like that. But I told them, like, the book of Acts shows us how we as a church act. Um, so that's what we're going to study. We're going we're gonna to see how we're supposed to, to be uh, as, as a church. And so we went through the book of Acts. It took me almost 18, 19 months to get through it. Uh, and Johnny so eventually Mac I remember youth preachers. Right. I, I remember uh, I started a Christmas series. And so I was like, hey, we're going to take a break for the book of Acts. And you just saw this sigh of relief on, <laughs> on, uh, on Walter's face. Oh, I've used the name crap. Sorry. Um, on his face. And I was like, man, what's wrong? And he's like, we've just been in this book forever. And I was like, and we've got forever to go because we're nowhere near. But it's because I don't want to say something here that is my own agenda. And then a few months later in my next series, trample all over that. Like I want what I I teach and what I preach and what I say, I want it to be God ordained. Amen. I want my agenda to be as close to his agenda as I can get it. And I think what a lot of, and maybe in the beginning, I, I pushed my agenda you sure. know, a little too hard on, we all on, do. My, on my thoughts on this, this show. And I, I think we all do that. But I think if we would just take a step back as Christians and look at our agenda versus his agenda, right? And I'm not saying be okay with sin. I'm not mm-hmm. saying condone it. I'm not saying promote it. No. But I am saying love love them. Uh, amen. Right? Because that's what Jesus would do. Because that's what God that's what Jesus did for you and I. Oh, absolutely. There was there was mercy shown to us, not justice. And so, you know, when I look at the stuff my kids watch, I'm very selective. On, so my oldest loves YouTube, right? And so I gave him, I gave him, up and I was like, you know what? Watch YouTube, that's fine. And then I started hearing some things. Then I started um, hearing him say some things that didn't match the way I think that we should be promoting ourselves, right? Uh, and should be indoctrinating our kids with. And I use the word indoctrinating loosely. But if you have a kid that watches YouTube, you absolutely understand what I'm saying. Um, and so I was like, hey, man, we're going to take a break from YouTube for a while. Well, why? Well, because they're doing things and saying things that I just don't think are right. You know, some of it's money related. Some of it's relationships related. Some of it's the way we treat people. But and uh, and the, the way that that my and my wife is is totally better with words at least with our kids than I am, and and she explained it to him like this. She was like, "Look, guys, in this house and in this family, we have a set of rules 
Uh, we have a set of morals. We have a set of whatever that we go by. Right, Some things that we think are wrong, other families do not. Not every family thinks the way we do. So we're just going to love them, but we're going to stay in our lane. And I, I think if we could do that as Christians and have that same attitude that we have with our children, things might be a little better. Yes, amen. And I, I was thinking about something when we were talking before, and I think about, so Paul gives his testimony in First Timothy. And actually, I'm just going to read it because I, I preached on this a couple of weeks ago, and it's really stuck in my head that, that Paul's testimony in First Timothy, in First Timothy 1, really is your, yours and my testimony. It's every believer's testimony, right? And Paul says, I give thanks to Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has strengthened me because he considered me faithful, appointing me to the ministry, even though I was formerly a blasphemer, a persecutor, and an arrogant man. But I received mercy because I acted out of ignorance and unbelief, and the grace of our Lord overflowed along with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. This saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, and I am the worst of them, but I receive mercy for this reason, so that in me, the worst of them, Christ Jesus, might demonstrate his extraordinary patience as an example to those who would believe in him for eternal life. Now to the king, eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. And also, I love that benediction that he ends up with. And um, I know behind the scenes, a little inside baseball as we were recording with a different uh, interface this week and, and it has reactions and Andy just sent up a bunch of bubbles filled my screen. So <laughs> it's like podcasting with a 12 year old girl. I'm going to go with the hipster and the child next week. <laughs> no, but I think that's it, right? Like we often forget where we came from. Right. That I was garbage. Oh, absolutely. And I love you, and you were garbage. And, Hot garbage, dude. I was a tire fire. But, you know, and I, I've been reading a lot this week, too. And we could suss this out down the line. Like, this is probably a whole other podcast. But I was reading about Jephthah, and he's come up a few times in, in Judges, right? Jephthah's got this horrible backstory, right? He's the son of a prostitute, and he's thrown out. And it, but everybody, and he's elected a judge, but everybody knows his backstory. Everybody knows that he's garbage, right? But you and I, through God's mercy, it's I'm not saying it's not relevant, but it's it doesn't have to be broadcast everywhere. Oh, like we're we're washed anew and we're washed by the blood of the lamb and we're we're new creations. And and we can broadcast as much of our hot garbage that we used to be, or as little as we want to, and it's okay. Well, I I think that's an appropriate way to end is looking at Paul's Paul's testimony. I, so I, I myself fit into scripture, if that makes sense. Like I don't want to make it about me. Right. Um, but I've always loved Paul's description, um, where I was a sinner and 
the worst of the sinners. Right, that he was the right. worst. And so I never feel like Paul, right? Paul uh, Paul was like, you know, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Uh, but I feel like I have done a really good job of imitating Paul as being the worst. Yes. I look at my life post-Christ. I really look at part of my life post-Christ to where I am now, at, at sitting here at 37 years of age, uh, knowing that I still am, am not great. Uh, but looking at where I've come from, politically, ideology, the way that I talk to people, the way that I treat people, all of that. And I'm not where I am today without God literally pulling me here. Amen. And so I think as much as we want to grab that person who is shoving an agenda that we don't agree with down our throat and pull them to where we are, we're not going to do that in any way, shape, or form, but we can love them where they're at. Amen. We can wait for God to take them along. Amen. I think that's how we fight the agenda, right? That's what I'm, you just be the hands and feet of Jesus and show them the heart of Christ and just love on them and listen. Absolutely. Absolutely.